Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Gashana, the Immolator. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Omid Zarkhan, the Twilight Mage. And I'm Nathan. I'm playing Rao, the Battlemaster. My name is JD. I'm the Dungeon Master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChimeraCast. you are coming into is fucking massive it is probably a good 300 feet across and maybe about 40 50 feet high there is a small figure very very high up in a kind of like a swing or a a seat that is suspended by rope tied onto a very very large stone archway think like the Arc de Triomphe, right? Like uh, this kind of square archway. In that archway, there is a spiraling dragon figure kind of like arcing throughout underneath it, twisting about a, uh, a dragon in the Eastern sense rather than a Western dragon. And you hear the echoing of a hammer and chisel kind of radiating down at you. There is plenty of dust about. This is a very utilitarian space. There are benches. There are tools strewn about. There are also, you know, smaller statuaries, plenty of half-finished statues kind of carved around. And that's the gist of what you're seeing. So this dragon is metal or some kind of... Stone. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the the half-finished statues, is there a notable difference in the... The craftsmanship, I would, I guess, between the ones that we've seen so far and the the sort of half finished, like in terms of the constructs that we've seen. No, so these ones also are superior craftsmanship. Like you've never seen statues like this. I think the one that really catches your guys' eye is a figure, um, a woman of some kind. Like you don't obviously recognize her or anything, with a a cat kind of draped across her shoulders and the cat has individual whiskers carved out of stone. So yeah, like the statuary is exquisite as well. Even the half finished stuff. I think Rao is just going to yell up at him. Like, I don't even know if he can even hear us. Uh, excuse us. You hear the chiseling stop and the figure kind of jolts a little bit in its seat and looks down at you. You just hear a, uh, hello, how did you get in here? Rao like points at the door. <laughs> There's no door. Okay, now he begins looking panicked and confused to his two companions. There was a door. We walked through it. Through the library. No matter. I'll be down. And the figure begins rappelling the seat basically down on this like pulley system. Back down to your level. Is he working on something just like massive? Yes. Yeah, this this like arc basically fills the, the whole room. Okay, so he's working on that arch with the dragon on it. Yes. Yep. Okay. He's just like up on the archway somewhere. Oh, that's tight. It takes a little bit of this figure rappelling down, obviously. So I don't know if you guys want to have a conversation or whatever. Assuming not, we can fast forward to their arrival. 
Did either of you see the door disappear? No, I did not. Oh, I would have said something. All right. The person comes down a couple of steps that lead up to the archway that are part of the the statue itself, or part of the archway itself, comes down those stairs and sets their tools down on a bench and is wiping their hands of, of dust. This person is a dwarf. They have tightly, like a single tight braid in their beard and in their in their hair quite long the braid goes down to the dwarves belly or like uh it's it's waist it is wearing robes that are basically covered in stone dust makes sense and he walks up to you with a big smile on his face hello hi rao is still really shaken by the door disappearing like (laughs) hello my name is omid zarkhan and he he bows to the dwarf I am Kishana. So you you can call me Rao. He bows to you each in turn. I am Guo Mu. I wasn't expecting new visitors. Would you would you like tea? Usually if I take a break, I'm I will have some tea. I'll put the kettle on. And he walks over without waiting for a response and sets a a stone kettle onto a basically a kiln. Just kind of puts it right in there. Settles it into the coals. Omid looks to his side to both Rao and Gashana and kind of like he smiles a little bit, encouraged by the fact that I feel like we've we've met uh, not to pun like some kind of stiff greetings so far, a little bit more um, ceremonial and to have someone who's just kind of like, come have tea with me. I think is encouraging because I think Omid was worried about us finding more of the same like I think Omid was worried that Ypsilanti's apprentice was potentially just another stone person. The fact that there's actually a apprentice here, a, a person, be it they are a dwarf. So that probably is strange to him, but just the kind of the greeting itself kind of gives him an encouragement. Rosanthi mentioned he was a dwarf. Mm-hmm. I know. I forgot about that personally. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in, in that case, then it's just realistically, it's just that, that he's, he's not, nice, yeah. that he's nice, that he seems down to earth. <laughs> To, to speak in, to speak in colloquial terms. Wow, calling a dwarf down to earth, fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> he's what careful. Is, he's does... short tempered. Is <laughs> <No. laughs> that was pretty funny? Omid makes his way over to Guomu. Are there? Is there like a place to sit or? No, I assume... not really. <laughs> then I think he kind of just like hunches a little bit. I have to say, it is wonderful to meet you. As of yet, we have been greeted by less than inviting people. Have you gotten a chance to meet Resanthi and her procession? Oh, uh, yes. I wouldn't come here to socialize ordinarily, you understand. Do you not dwell here always? Oh, no, I I do. I mean, I'm Ypsilanti's apprentice. It's just the company here can be, well, one, rare, and two, um, I don't know. I just don't really like them, you know? <laughs> and he uh, sets out some some cups for the tea. Is he speaking of Rasanthi or the company that we might find in this place? He said what he said, how you want to interpret okay. it. Is up then to I'm going gonna, gonna to ask. No, that's what I mean. Rasanthi is not a good company to keep. You, on the other hand, seem rather nice. He kind of like smiles sheepishly. Uh... Thanks, I guess. Omid likes to make judgments in just a few seconds. The tea is nice, though. 
yes, it should be ready here in a second. And I think basically right as he says that, the the tea starts to like whistle, but it is actually like bird songs <laughs> instead of just a, a howling whistle. And he's going to grab a thick rag and pull it off of the coals and then begins to pour out cups for each of you. The cups themselves, I think each of them is carved in the likeness of different birds that are like have their wings kind of arched, like stretched behind them in a full circle in order to make a like a complete cup. They appear to be made of porcelain, basically. For the record, I love that we're like trying to awkwardly socialize with this guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> I think when it's still piping hot, Gashana like starts to drink the tea. Yeah, he's definitely gonna be like, Care oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna approach this like massive archway that he's carving and try to get a closer look at it. Okay. Are you... Uh, is it depicting any, like, specific dragon? Or is it just, like, it? you know, like any legendary dragon from Rongercom? It might be, but I think I would need you to justify you knowing anything about Rongercom. Yeah, good point. Yeah, there, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> That's kind of what I figured, so... Yeah. Guomu, is this Drake representative of a particular entity or something from your own imagination well i like to put my own signature on things you understand but this is my meager attempt at representing the dragon low your craftsmanship is exquisite (sighs) while i am pleased to hear you say so i fear that i pale in comparison to the master here but thank you for the kind words. And he, um, probably not Gashana, since Gashana like walked away and approached this archway. Rao and Omid, you might have the chance to catch like a little bit of maybe disappointment that like crosses Guomu's eyes. He's still smiling the whole time he's having this conversation, but he like, you know, gets that kind of furrow in his brow and then blows on the tea and takes a sip. Uh, Guomu, Guomu. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't introduce myself, did I? But yes, uh, I'm I'm Guomu. Forgive me, I had, I had asked the librarian what we should call you in case we had trouble. I don't know. Librarian? Ma- Malik? Oh, oh, it's not the librarian. What is it? I guess I, you could call it the warden? Uh, please go on. Warden? It maintains order, I'll say. I'm sorry, you're talking in circles. What what does it do? What does Malik do? Malik ensures the... He protects this place. He's essentially a guard. Very well. But still, Malik, you mentioned the master. I assume you meant Ypsilanti? Oh, yes, of course. We have yet to make the acquaintance of the master of the mansion. I haven't seen Ypsilanti for almost a year now. He, like kind of pauses and thinks about that. And, uh, huh. Is it strange for your master to be gone for such extended periods of time? It's certainly the first time that he's been gone for so long since I've been here. But disappearing for days, weeks, maybe months is not out of the ordinary, no. I hate to beg the question, but how long have you resided here? Um, and he blows on the tea and takes another loud sip. Almost four years, I guess. 
The man you work for has been gone for a quarter of the time that you've been apprenticing under him? He's not a great teacher. <laughs> and, he, and he laughs to himself. I think, like, in that moment, just as a little, like, window dressing, Omid, that laugh is very recognizable, right? Thinking of his student teacher days as well and how his teacher ended up. Like, maybe the, if the camera was zooming in on that, there'd be a little, like, exhale. That's a nice little, like, uh, regale him with an anecdote. <laughs> ha! My master, too, was bad. Um, Guomu said he wasn't exactly the best master. Mm-hmm. Is that what his last thing they said? He wasn't exactly the best teacher. Teacher. Like that. I can relate to that. Sometimes it feels like... They don't even know how shit they are until it's too late. <laughs> he looks at you a little quizzically. Too late. I think Omid like snaps himself up at like the quizzical responses. Uh, a dragon, very uh, majestic. That's uh, a, a, a very, a very thoughtful. Uh, uh, he's struggling for words. He's like a very thoughtful. Uh, 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 so how the hell did we get in there here anyway? Go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you said that you met Malik in the library, right? Yes. Ypsilanti's creations have ways of moving throughout this place that ordinarily are inaccessible. It doesn't really surprise me that they brought you in a strange route that you can't go back through. And I apologize. How much do you understand of the magic of this place? Well, I mean, that's what I came here to learn, but unfortunately, not very much. I'm a decent sculptor, but not as good as Ypsilanti. Unfortunately, I'm a shit magician, as it turns out. And he, like, takes a slurp of his tea. Is it possible that your master, Ypsilanti, would have created a a couch full of rotting moths? What? (laughs) And he, like, laughs. I'm being quite serious. In the the quarters we were given, the smell is nearly unbearable. No. Wh- who would... Nobody would... No. I mean, I guess I've never honestly seen an insect in this place, so that seems weird, but he wouldn't make a couch with moths in it. Ypsilanti is a perfectionist. He's an artist. He... <sighs> and he, like, just lets out, like, a low deep chuckle no he has a vision in his head and he makes it happen and he sets the his teacup down is it possible then that your master's magic begins to fail in this place or has grown corrupted what do you know about Ypsilanti Gishana kind of like sidelong glances at the other two Next to nothing. I know him as well as I know the books of his I have read. But you don't know the uh, the person. I mean, he's hundreds of years old. He's not somebody whose magic is fading. That's preposterous. Should we have brought the couch here? <laughs> I'm sure it's possible that the things that he's made, that especially those that aren't magical, are susceptible to insects or whatever else. But I, he doesn't make things that aren't perfect. 
it is difficult for me to discuss because honestly it's frustrating here let me show you he starts like walking back through this workshop we'll, we'll follow. follow yeah no. he eventually um comes to a stop at a at a workbench and points at a statue it's fairly small it is a of a turtle diving beneath the surface of the water and all of it is carved out of stone so even the stone is like carved to be thin and and sort of translucent beneath the water and you can see where the turtle is like submerging itself like halfway down right does that make sense yes yeah i follow this is one of the most frustrating pieces i've worked on to get the stone this translucent took an incredible amount of patience and attention to find movement but look at what ypsilanti wanted me to make what i was taking inspiration from and he picks up another statue uh, which is also small and made of stone. It is a tree branch covered in bark with a cocoon hanging from it, which is also made of stone. Look at this. This is one of Ypsilanti's pieces. How does that cocoon look when upon like closer inspection? Like in the sense of like that's what, I imagine that's where the intricacy of the piece would arrive. <laughs> yeah. You can see a shadow within the cocoon. It's translucent enough that you can see some some sort of form within it. Hmm. Do you see that? Yes. Now, hold on. And he holds it up toward the window so that light will shine directly through it. You can see through the cocoon very well. And within, you can actually make out the form of a butterfly. And its wings are shimmering in color with uh, with the light. Ypsilanti doesn't make things that aren't exquisite. And most of what he creates that you see here, he he makes in an afternoon. So I'm not sure what's wrong with this couch that you found, but I can't see <sighs> and he sets the cocoon down with a with a frustrated sigh. You claim to not know where Ypsilanti went. But if he's been gone for a year, Perhaps something untoward happened to him. Who knows if he even left? He has places here that I don't have access to that he would disappear to from time to time. I haven't seen him. The others here, the I'm sorry, the golems, they said that he's out. I'm sure they would know better than I. They have an innate connection to him. And to that end, when we asked Chelsea what was wrong with the couch, she couldn't see it. What's the deal with this couch? This entire place has been perfect. And we find a blemish. As you say, and we have noticed, everything here that Ypsilanti makes is perfect. And we find a couch infested with dead moths. We ask our one contact here, Chelsea, to explain it. She can't even see it. We ask you about it, and you claim it can't exist. So, yes, what is the deal with this couch? He says, yeah, fine, let's go see it. I don't know what to tell you otherwise. I'll follow you back to your quarters. Do you know the way? No! (laughs) He chuckles. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that makes sense. This place can be confusing, but you get used to it once you're here for a while. Can you lead us back there? 
Well, I haven't really left the workshop in a while, but I can try to find my way. Yes. He kind of wrings his hands and brushing the remaining stone dust off of them. Did did you all finish your tea? Yeah, I think Gashana probably did. No, probably not. I probably took like a sip of it before we left. Yeah, it was very hot at first. I don't think of, I think Omid probably abandoned it. Okay, cool. So, Gashana, you're the only one that gets the benefit of drinking Taishi Mountain Grass Tea. This is an old JD magical item. This fine tea powder is made of the long grasses cultivated in the high reaches of Taishi Mountain, where the grass is watered directly by the clouds themselves. The dried tea is often kept in a fine stone jar. It can be brewed as a soothing hot tea on cold days or mixed with cool water to make a refreshing beverage during the summer. It tastes bitter and earthy before giving way to an aftertaste somewhat like fresh mint. Taishi Mountain Grass Tea is said to provide clarity of mind, much like a deep inhalation of the cool mountain air that the grass grows in. When consumed, Taishi Mountain Grass Tea provides plus one forward to discern realities, or it can be used to clear an affection of the mind such as confused or stunned. Oh, cool. Do I have to pick now, or... Yes. Yeah, I don't have confused or stunned marked, so I'll just take the plus one forward. Yep, exactly. So you'll get plus one forward to your next discerned realities. So Guomu walks across this large room past the archway to a door and pulls out a key and unlocks it. He opens it up, and inside is an antechamber similar to the one you saw the last time you entered the bathhouse. And he's going to walk through there to the next door uh, and into the baths. As he does so, steam billows out into this workshop. I wasn't, I was, you just paused and I was mock looking around like we were in the baths, but that was about it. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. If you all aren't doing or saying anything, then he'll point one direction. I believe that way leads to Resanthi's quarters, so this one probably leads back to yours. Does that seem right? I believe so i don't think we have any idea is the bath to our left as we entered the room i'm asking you this <laughs> i guess the bath is right in front of you oh no i thought this was like a it led into the ground so there's the main main door that you would go into and you would go straight and that would be where the bath is and then that the there were baths uh, there were doors all along the sides Am I wrong in that description? I thought that's I thought that's how you had positioned that. I just think we don't know where we are. That's potentially I yeah. tried as well. I, I think he's being obtuse. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I just want to make sure. Um. Yeah. Then that's fine. Sorry, I'm not being purposely <laughs> obtuse. I, it just is yeah, obtuse. I, I'm, yeah. We'll just go along with. The yeah. I didn't. I didn't mean you. I actually meant. I meant. I actually meant Guo. Uh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So you'll emerge through the other antechamber and into a hallway. And you follow that one down, and it turns into the uh, archway-sided hallway that led to your quarters. Yeah, I mean, I guess just open the door and show him. Yeah. Yeah. Is that couch still there in the same position? Yep. Do you see it? Do I? Really? Yeah, I see it. And I smell it, too. It's terrible. This is disgusting. I I realize you're coming off a little strong, but the golem, Chelsea, she did not see it, so. Chelsea, all the golems here are obscure. They're not people. I don't know what you expect, necessarily. I'll see if I can get her to remove this. I, I apologize on behalf of my master. 
I... I'm sorry, we don't... The smell, the look of the couch isn't... What is going on? Why is it rotting? He shrugs. Your guess is as good as mine, frankly. I've never seen this happen before. You said that you're not even sure your master has abdicated the premises. Where are his quarters located at? I have never been to his quarters, so I can't tell you, unfortunately. Can you point us in the right direction? If you come back with me to my workshop, I can point you to his old workspace. That's the closest I've been to where I think his quarters would be. When we met, it was always in my workshop, and last time I saw him, he expanded it for me. That way I could make the the arc that I'm working on now. But that's as close as I can get you. Like I said, he would often go to his private places for stretches at a time. I suppose a lead, if any, is as good as we're going to get? I agree. Let us hope we can find some answers in his old workshop. I don't know if it's wise for you to keep delving deeper into this place. I think we have resigned ourselves to not leaving quite yet. You don't have to leave. I'm I'm not saying that. This is a fine place. There's... Plenty to keep you entertained. Have you seen the veranda? Well, that might be a beautiful sight, I believe. You feel like Omid's kind of patience running thin a little bit. Guo Mu, it is entirely necessary that we find Ypsilanti or find out what happened to him. And you have to help us. You're the only one who can help us. And I'm sort of shooting for the move that I took for level 3, Firebrand. When you introduce a new idea to an NPC, roll plus charisma. On a 10+, plus, they believe the idea to be their own and take to it with fervor. Yeah, I'm super into that. Fucking roll it. This is, this is actually really cool. This is maybe the first move with this playbook that I've been like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's actually cool. Come on, baby. Do it. Woo. What? <laughs> really? I thought that was a. F- is that a? F- oh, that's a one. That's a one and a three. Oh, I thought that which was is a, a four. Oh no. <laughs> womp womp. We were already testing this guy's patience too. This is great. Gushana, you said that he should help show you the way to Ypsilanti, right? Yeah. He stops his pacing and looks at the three of you, and nods. Yeah. All right. Sure. I don't think anyone else here is going to help you. And honestly, honestly, I'd like to find him too. So if you want to risk your necks by pushing deeper, then fine. I'll help you however I can. And I also need to look into this couch and hopefully get it removed. Did you, did you sleep in here last night? Yeah, it wasn't great. Ah, I'm so sorry. All right. Let's go back to my workshop, and I'll try to point you in the direction that might lead you to him. Yeah, we follow him. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. He turns around and opens the door. It opens back up into the uh, arched hallway that looks out over the central courtyard garden, except that the hallway is vertical to you. So with the door open, the hallway uh, is oriented straight up and down. And he stops dead in his tracks, almost having thrown himself across this doorway uh, with his normal stride, expecting to pass beyond. Uh, shit. Not a regular occurrence, then. 
can't say it is. <laughs> we kind of need to go up there or or down. Ugh. And he puts his fingers up to his temples and rubs them like he has a headache trying to f- figure out what just happened. Where are we standing? Basically, this doorway has opened up in the ceiling of the hallway. So you're looking through the doorway uh, to the floor, which moves up and down from your perspective. Okay, that's what I thought. So we're just like stuck to the ceiling? Yeah. All right. But we haven't crossed the threshold. Right. right? Uh, You just opened the door. Yeah. Omid's going to be the first to cross the threshold and try and figure out exactly what's going on in here is does he feel that pull as if gravity is pushing on him back down through the threshold of the door what exactly are you doing to test this i grab the outside stone of the door and just kind of thrust my leg through to see how how it feels (laughs) okay so when you push your leg through it feels like you would expect if you were just holding it over some kind of chasm. So gravity is kind of working in that way. It's like as if we have to climb up to get to the other door, basically. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to I'm going to basically like weirdly like push my body through the door and like roll out onto what would be the wall. So I'm basically laying on the wall that's pushing down like as if I'm lay if I were laying looking at the stars but I'm looking at the way in which we have to climb up we're we're on the ceiling right so you have to lay down on the on the roof and you'd be looking down or you'd be looking up at what we have to climb up I think I'm con- okay We're we're not we're not we're not all in agreement to where this door is first of all I thought the door was on the ceiling the door is in the ceiling from the hallway's perspective, so the door is then parallel to the floor. I want to know the orientation of the current room. That's what I, I don't give a shit. I mean, like, we're coming from a hall. That's fine. I'm confused as to where how we're oriented in the room that we're in going into. In the room that you're currently in, you're standing on the floor like you would expect, but the door opens up, and you're looking through it at the floor of the hallway. Okay. So this is the hallway, like, normal orientation that we're coming out of. Mm-hmm. This is how the other room should be. Like, you go through the door and you can, should be able to walk down the hallway. Like this. So, right? but, but Our, orient uh, that that way. So basically what happens so is if like we go this. out the door, we fall to the ground and probably get really badly hurt. That was what I was understanding. That was is why that I, right, That was what I was confused by. That's, like, practically. When you put your leg out, it's pulling you downward, so you'd fall down the hallway okay great so i would fall Got so it. we would fall towards fall, the other yeah. door yeah yeah that was why like i'd roll out i was like i don't no no i i had it gotcha. i had it inverted the other way yeah yeah that's what i thought was happening okay there is a door up as well right so you're you're in the middle of the hall oh so but it's we like have a to hold it. we have we would have to hold on to the ceiling to get there You'd have to climb up, yeah. The hallway that you're looking out into is uh, basically a shaft that you could climb up or down. Yeah. We're midway into this hallway. Yes, that's it. Okay. Gashana turns to Guomu. Which way? uh, Normally, would the door be the door that's above us or down below? Honestly, I'm 
not sure anymore. Can this place move independently? The rooms rearrange themselves? This place has moved about before, but nothing like this. This is... Well, honestly, it's it's just impractical. No arguments there. Well, down seems easier than up. Agreed. Then let's try it. I don't have anything anymore. Yeah, you lost all your stuff. Yeah, it's up to you, my man. Yeah, I, I got books. I, it's fine. I can cash in another rope. I just... We lost the one I had before. Guomu, is there something I can tie this to? As Rao, like, starts uncoiling rope from his pack. He looks around the room. Nothing is really stable, but if you tie it to that coffee table, maybe we can brace it against the doorway. All right, we'll try that. And Rao goes and ties the rope to it. This is my last rope, all right? We need to keep this one. Uh, who wants to go first? Romeed will. All right. Give me a uh, defy danger plus con. Okay. Omid gives the rope a nice strong jerk, make sure it feels good. Gives a hesitant nod to Rao. That that nod that says, if it breaks, you'll grab it, right? <laughs> and then makes his way down. Indeed he does. That's a solid four. Oh, no. That's really funny. I mean, poof. Throwing nothing but failures. Yeah, what the heck? I mean, I guess it's because we're just not rolling that much. Yeah. It's a little awkward, but you swing out uh, holding onto the rope toward the floor, uh, which is basically the opposite wall from your perspective uh, in this shaft. But you're able to like recover and basically come back from that swing. And you very cautiously and very slowly make your way down the hallway toward this door. As you head down, your feet kind of slowly start to orient toward the ground. And as you get closer to it, you kind of eventually like whoop, end up landing on the floor uh, of the hallway near the door. And you end up right side up facing it. Okay, so he just face plants onto the floor. Is what you're saying? No, he doesn't. He doesn't face plant. It all works out. Oh, okay. It's just awkward, uh, and he feels a little queasy from the disorientation. Is the rope still dangling there off the? Yep. Be careful. <laughs> but it seems fine. Uh, Gash- Gashana, you want to try? I suppose so. And uh, before she goes down, Gashana clamps the the manacle that she channels her sword through around her wrist you weren't wearing it yeah she doesn't wear it all the time it's like it's not in her bag it's like on her person all right (laughs) fuck you nathan no 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 come on i don't know no gotchas i'm not trying to get you if if you don't have it you don't have it just that's just how it goes so you're climbing down gashana yeah. Yeah, give me the defy danger plus constitution. That is a 10. Yeah. You look like a natural sort of just rappelling down this uh hallway and twisting around to land right next to Omid. It's a little disorienting, but you're fine. Well, that was easier than you made it look. <laughs> Everything's fine, Rao. Come on down. Do you want to catch it if it breaks, Guomu, or should I help you? <sighs> he looks over the edge. 
You said you needed this rope, right? I would like to have it back, but I don't think the hallway is going anywhere. Well, and then Rao stops and thinks about it. Is the hallway going somewhere? I honestly am not sure. (sighs) I'm sure I can get it back. Do you want to go first or second? I can go second. You go ahead. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start climbing down. All right. Uh, same roll. That's a ten. Yeah, you handle it the same way as Gashana, and now the the three of you are next to the doorway and standing the way you normally would expect to in this hallway. It's fine, Guomu. Come on. I think you don't see Guomu for a little bit, and then the rope is loosed from the top and comes towards you. It hits the ground maybe 15 feet away and just slides the rest of the way toward you. You see his head pop out. I'm going to stay here and try to figure out what's going on with with this couch and with this hallway. I'm not sure I can help you anyway, but good luck. I have a feeling he is less than a trustable sort. If you're afraid to come down, it's fine. We can catch you. It'll be, you'll be all right. It's, it's nothing. I'm I'm sure you'll be all right. This is this is perplexing me. And honestly at this point I I don't know where anything is anyway. If you keep going through that doorway, I think that should lead you to the bathhouse. If so, you can get to my workshop from there. The door is still unlocked. It if it's still oriented that way, of course. And where do we go from there in your workshop? There are stairs in in my workshop. Going up will lead you to my quarters, but going down leads you to his old workshop. But none of this is behaving properly. I think your intuition is right. This couch is probably tied to whatever else is going on here. Raleigh kind of narrows his eyes at him. Well, all right. I suppose you'd know better than us. I'm not sure that's true at this point. Has Gashana spent enough time around Guomu to get a feel for when he's... Like, he doesn't seem like a particularly apt liar, I guess. Can she tell whether he's being, like, genuine? Or is he trying to lure them into a trap? Like, can she get a read on him? Do you have a move for this? Not really, I was just trying to, I guess, DR or like... Yeah, okay, give me a discern realities. You do have a plus one to this from the T. That is a 12. Nice, so yeah, three questions. Who is really in control here? Uh, I can ask my other ones if you need... Yeah, go ahead and do so. I know how I want to answer that one, but um, you can go ahead and front load them. Okay. What is about to happen... And what here is not what it appears to be. Or he's telling the truth and I just wasted my plus one on discern reality. No, I mean... I guess then you, we'd still know. We, know. we know that he's telling yeah. the truth. That's totally... He's not luring us into a trap. We may find a trap, but he might... Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. I think he's just some loser grad student is what it seems like to me who's easily frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> so who's really in control here was the first question, right? Yeah. Explicitly... No one. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, that sort of confirms the suspicion. Right. What is about to happen is 
This place is losing its integrity. So while right now things are still connected, uh, if strangely, uh, eventually things are not going to be connected at all. And your last one, Guo Mu is not what he appears to be. But I'm not saying that he's lying to you because he's not. What I mean is he has this kind of jovial nature, despite being a frustrated graduate student, as you put it. But in fact, he's on the verge of just fucking losing it. And he's very distressed by what has just happened to this place. So you can see it in his eyes now that you have noticed it. And he's staying behind because he, he's desperate to figure out what's going on. Could you do me a favor and like, I want, could you describe like his physical state and how we hadn't taken the time to like really like notice like, I don't know, his eyes are drying out. He hasn't slept for days. Like his hands are shaky, like this kind of shit. Yeah. I think he has black circles under his eyes and he's maybe even shaky and he's definitely more nervous than you noticed. He's much more shaken by Ypsilanti's long absence than he let on. It's a little difficult since you're not used to dwarven culture uh, or dwarves at all, but he's definitely not in a good state of mind, which is now very clear to you. Right. His, uh, his little hints of frustration with this apprenticeship and feeling like he's not an adequate student is much deeper than you realized. So, Gashana, you're the only one who has picked up on this, obviously. Is he still just kind of sitting in the ceiling or is he? Yeah, he still is. I think we should leave the apprentice to his investigations. Time may be more of the essence than we initially thought. And Gashana just heads through this door, the path that they just came cool. back towards the workshop. Omi definitely puts his hand on Rao's shoulder to turn him away. If he doesn't want to come, maybe we should leave him in peace. It seems that this place has more questions than even he has answers for. Rao looks at Omid and then up at Guomu. All right, all right. Tell us what you find out about the couch. Rao kind of pitifully offers and then begins coiling up his rope. He nods enthusiastically. I will. Cool. We make our way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do we hit the baths and... We'll end the session here, but we need to have one more scene. I knew that six minus was... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> all soft. I was like, this is a JD game. Something bad's going to happen. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I always knew it was for me. Omid, tell me what your family's estate looks like. It's fine. It's for a postcard. Fields and fields and fields of wheat. The acreage cannot be underscored. And the home itself, as maybe not to be presumptuous, is more of a ranch style. So big, long domed buildings that don't rise more than a than like a story, maybe two. If there's a top story, it's maybe just for storage. No one lives in this city above a certain height. It, I think maybe some of it, especially to the upper echelons is seen as presumptuous if you live higher than the ground so it's a sprawling estate it is filled with a, a lot of families Omid's family is well connected and lives under one big roof 
and they, in his father's retirement, have become like a respectable source of like agricultural income for the empire. They are the farmers. They are seen as like people who provide for the empire. I think I think people who make food and cultivate in that way, especially people who are of a militaristic background, are respected. They are they are the salt of the earth. They are the ones who are like the propaganda posters would be made about. Look at these people who break their backs for their country and then go and sow the fields for their country. So it's some some kind of wonderful idyllic seaside. Does that give you enough? Do you want anything else? Our camera opens on the waving golden grain of Omid's familial home. As it moves through this wheat, it comes to a scene of bright red, fresh blood splattered across the ready-to-harvest wheat. An arm rests on the ground severed just above the elbow. We see smoke, and as the sound comes in, we hear the crackle of flame of crops burning somewhere nearby. The camera emerges from the fields, and we see a figure with black wrappings covering every inch of their body. We see whoever it is from their back. A plank of wood is strapped across the breadth of their massive, muscular back. The wood has words carved into it. Names. Names that very few would actually recognize, though Omid would know the name of his mentor at the bottom of the list. At this figure's black-clad feet, we see Omid's siblings hacked apart viciously, their faces trapped in the anguish that they died in. The camera pans to two figures hanging by their feet. Their skin has been flayed from most of their bodies, though their faces are still intact. Their eyes stare vacantly ahead at the bodies of the children. Another figure stands in front of them, not the one in wrappings. He has an exposed chest and arms, wearing only a high skirt of leathers. His dark curling hair cascades down over his bare shoulders and back. The two flayed people in front of him mutter words of mercy and try to call out to the lifeless bodies in front of them. The skirted man raises his ornately carved crossbow and with two rapid sets of fires bolts into the faces of these flayed individuals, ending their misery. End of session. Luckily, he said he's shit at magic, but I mean, not that I would have any uh, opinions on the matter. But uh, stonemasons are incredibly strong, powerful. Leaders, so <laughs> you shouldn't. You should not mess with. God damn. <laughs> Nobody cares. Rock hard, strong, <laughs> more powerful than ten thousand dragons. They all have six backs. Extremely hung. Yeah. Super ripped. He 
He pulled out his sword and then his Just other sword. Ten tons of uh, big dick energy. I've been, I've just been told this. I would I wouldn't know. Personal personal experience aside, <laughs> this is ju- these are just facts, folks. Why is nobody around Iowa City cool enough to hire me to build a massive dragon? <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually don't know. I feel like some nerd would be into that and have a disposable income. That's all I really want to do. See more pools, man. More pools. More yeah. pools. Dude, yeah. fucking more pools. talk to the Moen group or some shit. I feel like that's where that's going. Listen, on your next massive eyesore of a building, could you please put a, <laughs> just a stone dragon archway for me? That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be so Well, cool. I'm willing to pay you $4 million. <laughs> okay. Six Semper Awesome just carved in it. <laughs> <laughs> As always, too awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, yep. That was it. That was the joke. Yeah. 